time for the Gore and More podcast. Gonna have a good time. Gonna have a good time. Yeah, we're gonna have a good time. We're going on now. A ball break, walking hand in hand in the moonlight. We'll be the sweets all day. I swear we'll never part. We're going on now. A ball break, running in the sand, feeling alright. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Gorebore Podcast. This is your host with the motherfucking most, TJ Bowser, and joining me, as always, is your dark lord of knowledge, the Chad himself, Chadwick Chrisman. What's up, bitches? And the Fluffmaster Supreme host of Fatality Mortal Kombat, Mr. Big Johnny D. What's up, Gorehouse? And my co-host from Lights, Camera, Exploitation, your guide to exploitive cinema, and the other host of Fatality and Mortal Kombat Retrospective, the Whoa. doppelganger Kanga Banga himself from down under, Mr. Broda Kane. Howdy, howdy, mother lickers. Yeah, buddy. We got a doozy of an episode for you today. But first, you know what time it is. It's time for your slice of life. Big Johnny D, what did you Yeah, do? buddy. What did I do? Uh, well, Brody and I did episode seven of Fatality this Saturday. So go check that shit out on the website or YouTube and uh, catch audio later this week. But it'll be a later episode. Um, other than that, man, I relaxed all day saturday because it was a shitty rainy day so i gamed with the family we sailed the seven seas on sea of thieves a little bit played some switch uh i went on a rant about power rangers but you can catch that on fatality because uh (laughs) oh man brody brody caught me i I was pissed (laughs) but stupid online games had a great uh mother's day yesterday hung out with my grandma in the morning and then uh took the wife and madre out to dinner well, lunch slash dinner. And uh, yeah, it was good to go. And then we came home, relaxed, and watched this fucking awesome movie, which I haven't seen in like 15 years. So uh, yeah. Chadwick, how you been, brother? I have been well, thanks. Last week was a pretty uh, pretty calm week at work. Didn't have to do much because we're getting ready to roll out all of our old products and switch over to the new packaging, which will be shipping next week. So it was pretty calm. We didn't uh, we didn't ship anything. We just you know build up product. We've got so much product. It's filling. It's spilling out of our vault into other rooms. There's product stacked everywhere, and it's making pulling orders really fun because we don't know where the fuck it is. Nice. That's so, fun. Yeah. So aside from that, not much. It was actually, dude. I barely had a chance to sit down this weekend. I was that friggin' busy. So Saturday. Uh, my wife's okay. Friday night, I had a little bit of time to myself, just me and Harper. So I watched uh, Scorpion's Revenge, Ooh. which is pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Um, unfortunately, I was really tired, so I did doze off part way into it for a minute or so. It wasn't bad. Yeah, I was just really tired. And uh, so you know, I watched that, and then Saturday, uh, my wife's friend Sarah came with us. Be- came over because we were going to the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins game that night. Yeah. So she came over early and we watched Godzilla versus Kong again. Oh, nice. Yeah. Because nice. she really wanted to see it. So I got to, got to sit down and watch that again. How many times? And Is this for you? That's, that's only the second for me. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. So it was really cool to watch that. Then afterwards, you know, we went down to Pittsburgh to watch the game, hung out with my other friend, Dawn, uh, spent the whole rest of the day just running to and fro after the game. I did pick up the City Hunter Predator from Predator 2 from NECA. Very awesome figure. My Wait, favorite. That, my personal favorite. That's not the really big one at Walmart right now, is it? No, 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 no. Oh. No, it's just Let standard necklace. Okay. No, my, my son actually has that and he already <laughs> broke it. 
What the big predator one? That's like yeah. only twenty bucks, dude. That's a yeah. pretty big one too. Oh, nice. Very yep, nice. That's it. But yeah, he accidentally stepped on it, so the uh, short the laser on the shoulder cannon broke. Ooh. I mean, it's still yeah. connected, but like the actual plastic piece broke. Ah, uh, I feel like TJ needs a like infomercial like number around him, like to get this figure called. Hunting Wait season opens again. Yeah, TJ, right is that one days. of the uh, ones that you were playing with when the guy asked if you needed help? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was such a good story, too. That was a great story. Uh, but then, so, yeah, we did that and then we came home. I played a little bit more of uh, MK11. I'm just we're just after Brody and I's heart today, aren't you? I am just grinding the hell out of that game, just trying to unlock as many outfits and everything as I can. Have you hit the crypt yet? Oh yeah. How you like oh, yeah. that, dude? That's pretty cool. That was pretty fun. I already found Reptile and smashed him with the hammer and yeah, got the uh, scorpion. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. And yesterday, I don't know about anywhere where how the weather was where you were, John, but it fucking snowed here yesterday. Huh? Nope. Yeah. Not here. <laughs> I took the wife. We had to. Okay. So my friend, Sarah, she accidentally left her phone in my car, uh, getting her stuff out of the trunk. So we had to run that up to her. So before we went there, we stopped at Wendy's to get a little bite to eat and it was pouring down rain. And then uh, we were sitting there right beside the window. And I noticed the rain getting kind of lighter. And it looked a little odd that I'm like, that's fucking snowing. It snowed for like two hours straight. That's steady snow. That's fine. How were your nipples? Oh, they were perky, baby. They were erect. You could cut glass with them. Yeah, that's fucking. <laughs> mm. like, oh shit! I'm locked in the car. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> then after that, we went to the in-laws. Uh, spent uh, Mother's Day with my wife and my mother-in-law, just hanging out, eating. Uh, then, unfortunately, they had a little incident of uh, water. Like a, I don't know if there was like a clog in the French drain, so it came in and just leaked oh, inside sure. the house and got all under their brand new uh, laminate flooring they put down. That's so why I don't use oh, French no drains. Can't trust yeah. the French. Yeah. <laughs> but they did have the, they do have the underlay there, so it should keep it safe water itself. That's good. Yeah. Damn. It's a lot of water. So anyhow, by the time I got home last night, I barely had time to watch this movie and do show notes. I watched the movie, did show notes, got a shower, went to bed. It's a busy so, yeah, night. It was a, pretty, it was a pretty busy weekend. But uh, I think I've uh, taken it over too long. Uh, Brody, how about you, brother? Oh, yeah. Um same old shit with me every week, mate. Just flat out working. I don't really do much because I'm one boring individual. Um, so, but yeah, um, thanks for having me on the show again, guys. I reckon this is about the, uh, the second time uh, I've been on the show. Um, especially the show for this week, motherfucker. What are you talking about? Yeah, we talk to you every week. What are you talking? Yeah, about? <laughs> yeah, but actually hosting, I bloody hosting. Yeah, yeah, yeah you motherfucker. There, you got so. two other shows we see you on. What are you talking about? And we love them. Yeah, you hosted what as many shows as Johnny does. Yeah, well, yeah, because we we technically we're still on the joints and joysticks, but that's still in discussion mode. So, ah, but coming soon. Yeah, yeah no, I'd fucking um, obviously recorded uh, recorded another episode of uh, Fatality with old Johnny Boy there, which was a bloody doozy of an episode. If you want to head over and suss that out, peeps. Um, what else with me? Oh, I went out on the weekend uh, for the first time in like four to five months and hit the hit the brewskis for a surprise nice. birthday it wasn't too bad at home early um yeah fucking not much i collaborated with tj on some uh, secret stuff i won't get into too much details but yeah Chat so that's, got it. 
Oh, yeah. Ah, yes, yes, Chad, Daddy. What'd you What'd you think, mate? What'd you think? Just to... I was very impressed. Thank you. I was very impressed. Thank you. I like where it's going. I like. I really like it. Thank you kindly, sir. Yes. Thank you very kindly. I, I don't want to reveal too much. I will say what I read is very well written, and I could actually see the events playing out. So it's very, very, very well done. We did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's greenlit. Yeah. Nah. Um. But yeah, in saying that though, uh, yeah, just um. Oh, I got this fucking. Oh, I better. I better. You ordered Charlotte. something. You ordered you your first Vinegar Syndrome movie this week. That I did. Uh, the Fear from 1995. Um, is it Morty, the doll that comes back and plays yeah. on people's fears? And we realize there's a second film. I didn't realize there was a second The Fear. <laughs> Someone yeah, was that- like, hey, man, there. You, got, you think the first film's fucking terrible? You should see the second one. And I was like, what? And I was like, oh, fuck. So I saw the trailer. It's even fucking more like the fucking doll man's even like bulkier and shit. Like doll man got muscles. It's fucking strange. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> hmm. he got wet and the wood just swelled. Yeah. Oh, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> um, and I got this, uh, which I did mention on Fatality, uh, but I got this bloody fantastic arrow blu-ray release of king of new york with nice. old, uh, christopher walken a-list cast right there bloody doozy of a film if you have not seen it go and suss it out other than that um like i said not much else is happening with me but uh over to you boss man how you been brother oh just been busy you know how it is you know breaking hearts and uh, itunes charts got a new uh <laughs> book here <laughs> So I was at the old bookstore with Taryn earlier this week. Picked this fucking thing up for nine bucks. Nine dollars. Look at this fucking thing. All of the, the living dead stories, including the uh, the eventful ending, the Twilight story, uh, the Twilight really? of the living dead stuff. Yeah. So a little preview of that movie that was just greenlit uh, not too uh, long ago. What was it? Last week, the story broke about Twilight mm-hmm. of the living dead. Yep. So excited to read that. Is that the one that's direct? Uh... It's like I'm not going to next try- month, right? Yeah, I'm not going to try to say the word. What is it? Posthumous? How the fuck do you say that word? Yeah, that's right. Posthumous. Posthumous is how they. Posthumous. Post pause. Uh, tomato potato. I don't care. It's the, it's all the, the same. It's the final work of George. I'm so excited. It's just, yeah, it's ex- it, it's cool to see. It's, it's actually I was talking to Brody about it. I was watching an interview with him the other day, and he was like. I just kind of made movies about social issues and then threw zombies in there. <laughs> I was like, yeah, man. Yeah, that's the way to be. That's the fucking way to be. But yeah, I ordered uh, Skin Deep, that movie I talked about a couple weeks ago. I actually got my pre-order in on the uh, limited uh, 2000 run. And then they, I, th- I think, did I talk about After Effects last week? The uh, effects the documentary about the movie Effects? I don't think so. I remember the I other one. At some point. Okay, so yeah, they announced a uh, an actual Blu-ray release of the movie After Effects, which is a documentary on the movie Effects, which is about uh, Pittsburgh filmmaking and the movie Effects that was shot around here, which is eerily similar to the Hills Run Red storyline, where they're they're making a, a movie and it's like kind of like a snuff film, but the only people who are aware of it are the people making like is the director. Oh. Yeah, so he's going around killing people and recording it. Nice. Yeah, uh, what is all that noise? I hear someone walking around. Uh, but anyway, it might be my dog, and I apologize. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Can't really any- control that. But anyway, podcast here, podcast there. 
uh yeah just stay tuned for project louder stuff we got some uh lce season two's coming back in about two or three weeks i have a little film trip i'm making in about three weeks time i'll be heading out to south dakota for a week to spend uh with jeremy brown who is the director of friday the 13th vengeance i'll be hanging out with him and uh our buddy what is his name is it dave for a week, yeah, it's gonna be cool. I'm excited to uh, see South Dakota for the first time and just kind of uh, relax. I haven't had a vacation in the better part of three years, so yeah. fucking a. Thank Very you, Jeremy nice. and Stacy, for uh, hooking me up with a little vacation. Appreciate it. So, without further ado, it is 1989's Pet Cemetery, directed by Mary Lambert, who also did the Halloween Town movies, written by Stephen King. Don't know what else he did. Produced by Richard (laughs) Rubinstein. Don't call it Stein. Dale Midkiff as Louis Creed. Fred Gwynn as Judd Crandall. Denise Crosby as Rachel Goldman Creed. Uh, Miko Hughes as Gage Creed, Blaze Burndle as Ellen Ellie Creed, Brad Greenquist as Victor Pascal, Brad, oh, I just said that, Michael Lomberg as <laughs> Erwin Goldman, Susan Blumerte? Blumert? 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 Yeah, I don't know. Blumert as Missy Blumert. Dandridge, Kavi Raz as Steve Masterson. Masterton? Masterton? Yeah, I don't Master know. Tits. Master tits. Mary Louise Wilson as Gory, Dory Goldman and Andrew Hubastek. What the fuck is Zelba Goldman? Hubastank? Yep. Hubastank, yep. Yeah! <laughs> Music by Elliot Goldenthal. Cinematography by Peter Stein. Edited by Daniel P. Hanley and Mike Hill. Distributed by Paramount Pictures, released April 21st, 1989. What a good year. Runtime, 103 miniotos. Budget, 11.5 million. Gross, 57.5 million. We got a doozy of a trailer for you guys today. So we let's roll that beautiful beam footage, baby. At the edge of the woods, behind the Creed's new house, is the old animal graveyard. The place where devoted pets are laid to rest. Daddy, is church all right? What is this place? I brought you here to bury Alan's cat. I dreamed he got hit by a car and you and Mr. Crandall buried him. Why, Judd? I had no reasons. What did we do tonight, Judd? What we did, Lois, was a secret. But some don't stay. Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. You're thinking thoughts that's not thought of, Lois. Daddy's gonna do something really bad. That's why no one ever buried a human being out there. You're thinking of putting him up there. Don't deny the thought hadn't crossed your mind. And why nothing ever rests in peace. If it doesn't work, I'll just put him back to sleep. Presents Stephen King's all-time best-selling tale of horror. Gage. First, I play a dead. Mommy came. I play with mommy. We had an awful good time. What did you do? Pet Cemetery.
Now I'm gonna play with you. <laughs> I just watched that movie last night, and I've seen it several times, and that chill that that gave me chills. That trailer That's gave me so chills. Fucking good. I want to watch it again. And yes, yes, Scuba Steve, that is from the Amityville Horror, the music. Nice. Very nice. Brody, read it. Eager to start afresh, the young Dr. Lewis Creed and his wife, oh, sorry, his family and his wife, Rachel, their daughter, Ellie, and their three-year-old toddler, Gage, move to their new home in the small rural town of Ludlow, Maine, alarmingly close to a busy highway. However, after the inadvertent, Advertent death of Rachel's cherished tomcat in an awful accident. Reluctantly, a desperate Lewis will take his friendly neighbor's advice to bury it in an ancient Micmac graveyard, a mystical burial ground imbued with alleged reanimating powers. Now, despite the terrible results and the insistent warnings from a recently deceased tragedy-stricken Lewis has no other choice but to go back to the Indian Cemetery in high hopes that this time things will be different. Nevertheless, can the dead truly return from the grave? And that answer is yes. (laughs) Not with good results either. No. No. And you think a motherfucker would learn the first time. (laughs) But that's the whole point of the movie, isn't it? Yes. Fuck yeah, dude. Um, whose pick was this? This is Mr. Ramones, wasn't it? I believe so. It wasn't, I didn't pick it, but I'm, I was more than happy to watch it. Absolutely. So Bobby, thank you. Um, yeah, great. I haven't watched it in so long. I fucking love this movie, but I want to hear what Brody's take is because I know he is the number one. Like he want yeah. he already, he was already telling me he didn't want to, he wanted to come on, but he's like, well, I don't want to over talk and like try to defend everything. And I'm like, no, I this want is it. to Brody what maniac is to me. There you go. That's yeah. I'm more than quite happy just to hear you guys just because uh, like also I'm, I'm going to be so fucking biased and just be like, I love this film <laughs> because of this, for this, for that, you know. Um, and I do talk about that in our um, further, uh, our later questions anyway. But look, um, it's definitely. A very intriguing idea. I mean, for the fact that Stephen King was able to um, move to a town and then actually move next to a fucking pet cemetery itself, it's quite it's quite poetic in that sense. You know, just happened to be a Stephen King moving there to this to, to even right. see that, but but to conjure up a story of not only real life incidents that happened to him mm-hmm. and blend that in with the cemetery itself. I, th- I think it's, it works incredibly well in the storytelling department. Was Stephen King attacked by a zombie three-year-old? Like minus that. Minus okay. That. Okay. Okay. I mean, it could have been in a Coke fever. It's very possible. Sure okay. Fair enough. It, it was more so uh, the, the realism of like how his um, children's cat was, killed mm-hmm. by the fucking road of trucks and that. Mm-hmm. And um, I just like how he blends that realism into his stories, you know. Um, obviously, it heavily inspired him. And for him to actually write it, then put the store the book away for, for a while. Because um, uh, not only did it scare him, he, he sort of thought it w- wouldn't actually sell as well. But, yeah, no, um, for him to actually write the screenplay for this film as well, um, it was pretty, pretty interesting. Which is rare so- that we get a good – you know what I'm talking about? Right. Like, yeah. Like a crossover. Cause just cause you can write a book doesn't mean you can write a 
screenplay per se. Well, I don't think like there's a lot of track record of like his screenplays really adapting well to uh, scre- uh to the no, screen. Uh, no. so. I, th- I think Creep Show would be the exception to that. Yeah. Uh, what what's the what's a good example? The cat movie. Uh, oh, Skinwalker. Is that, it? it's, wait, it's not wait, Skinwalkers. Wait. Sleepwalkers. We talking Sleepwalkers, sleepwalkers or Sleepwalkers? Right. No, no the sleepwalkers. sleepwalkers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's That's Cat's Eye? Cat's Eye was a anthology movie. It was three different uh, segments. Uh, I think one or two of them was only based on Stephen King's stories, but um, oh. they all revolved around a cat. It's you really got to see it to understand. The very yeah. young Drew Barrymore. Yes. All right. Now, Brody, uh, what'd you say? I guess what kind of th- this is going to be a little bit different episode because I guess Brody actually has some information about this. That yeah, uh, you said Romero was supposed to direct this. <laughs> Yeah, so that that would probably, obviously, in Chad Daddy's notes, it's a pretty big thing that um, mm-hmm. Ramiro was actually meant to. Well, Stephen King had him in mind to actually film this, and um, but it was around the time that Monkey Shines was being uh, made. See, so yeah, and, and like I told Brody, like think of how different this film would have been. I think it would be a lot more grounded, and I think the, the supernatural aspect would have probably been toned down, and the uh, let's say the story might have been toned up a little bit. I, I guess Ramiro tells stories differently. So I think that maybe it would have, I don't know, played out a little bit differently. But I'm happy. Romero actually actually bought the rights in 1984 for $10,000. Oh. Really? Damn. Oh, shit. Well, we know what the zombies would have looked like. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) that's true. He would have had a way different take on that, I feel. I was huh, thinking like absolutely. like something like uh, like the, the the ghost stuff. I felt like would have been differently approached. I feel like some of the like the rubber reality stuff would have been approached differently. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. And I think when, you, in even the original. No- Go ahead. Sorry. Even zombie Mika would probably have uh, looked even scarier, a little bit more rot because. Yep. You know how Romero is, especially this time. Like we just did Day of the Dead. Look how the zombies look there. And he so would anyway, have been hammering no, on Zelda's design too. Oh, 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 oh. Romero! In the Zelda. original, in the original book, there was also a Wendigo uh, mentioned and partially seen in the in the storyline. And with uh, Romero, we probably have seen a bit more of that too. Mm-hmm. Which we sort of vaguely get in some scenes. I mean, when um, Lewis takes. Well, that, that's the that's another thing I wanted to talk about. Um, even though we don't get to see it, and they don't really mention a Wendigo in this film, I mean, we sort of get subtle hints of it. And the biggest one is when Lewis is taking Gage to the Micmac, and you see trees falling around him. To to just to have that in your mind to think that the Wendigo is actually right next to him off screen is actually more scarier. I find. So um, and another another element there of the Wendigo was when they went up to Barry Church. And you hear this loud scream in the right? woods. Yeah, and it wasn't okay. a loon. That that's, was the Wendigo. That's what I was going to ask. And uh, not that I, I mean that could have been big questions, but no, that's kind of good that you hit because I know it's more mentioned in the reboot. And we, mm-hmm. Brody and I talked about it. I haven't personally read the book, but I obviously you know like have seen enough behind the scenes shit to know that there's supposed to be a Wendigo and all this all this good stuff. But okay, was there any other spots besides those two? Like just no. he says loon in the tree. Just, is that just, it? Yeah, just okay. that. Yep. But I actually started to read the book and just completely threw it the fuck down when it uh when it really? mentions uh, it, it mentions uh his son's death like a chapter or two before it happens. Cause like the one that chapter ends, like it says something like this is the last time he saw his son alive. I'm like, you're kind of blowing your load already. Hmm. 
<laughs> kind of, it spoiled the element of surprise. I, I'd seen the movie already, knew it was going to happen. I'm like, I just don't like the way that's written. And maybe I should have read it because I would have gotten more of the Wendigo. Mm. Yeah, if you want to read it, I'm not going to lie. You know what I get the vibe I got from this? This is uh, this is on a road leading to Derry. <laughs> this is just like all bad shit. You know what I'm talking about? Like it's, it's all just, happened in New England. Like this is you know right. That, in it's my just mind, a lot of red milk trucks just. <laughs> yeah, they're all heading to fucking Derry. You know, and like speaking of, did you guys notice the number on the truck that dropped Rachel off at the end? Um, six six six. Was it? I noticed that the very first time I saw it in theaters, and I always make a mental note of it every time I see it. That seems kind of odd because it didn't seem like it seemed like. Um, oh my god! What the hell's his name? Paslov. Paslov. Pascal. No. Pascal. Jesus Christ, Paslov. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, I mean, like he was trying to help her and stuff like that. So I don't know, like. Or was it because like he took over the driver where like the driver was sent by the the graveyard, maybe? I don't know. That, it's, like, it's, not, it's not actually explained. Because I know like it's not it's kind of explained from Judd, but essentially like this land has a power over everybody, or at least the whole area in general. Yes. And it, it's hinted on more probably in the obviously in the book, but in the reboot too. But isn't it like it really calls the Jed through like his dead wife or something like that more. Is that, did you get that far? Yeah. Originally, yeah. Okay. I think it's in the book, but I think it was cut out of the movie. Yeah. As I say, I think he, I thought he might've mentioned his wife one time, but, but anyways, dude, this movie is, it was probably one of the first horror movies I ever saw. And it instantly drew me in like to this day. And I think that like, you know, the biggest scene of the movie is still just like, heart-wrenching almost every time you fucking see it no matter how many times you see it especially like, as a Damn. father it's even worse now oh yeah did your uh, wife watch you with which uh with this with oh, bits and pieces here and there i told her it was like a pretty scary movie i'm like you probably won't like it it's really scary she's seen it before <laughs> but she hasn't remembered it but when that happened she got up and she's like i had to go give julie a hug and i was like what <laughs> <laughs> i was like i'm watching the movie like what <laughs> Well, that that was uh, one question I actually had for you guys. Um, and I'll, fuck it, I, you know what? I'll ask you now. Um, like, did you see this film with like a different perspective? Like, in terms of it being scarier, especially after having kids, compared to watching it prior to having kids? Like, oh yeah, absolutely. Like, and that, that's actually that's actually the reason I can't watch it as well. Yep, makes sense. Um, the first time of me watching it since being an adult. Uh, I was more nostalgic for the second film due to it releasing mm. and me being young and whatnot. Uh, so I, I have a lot of VHS one, nostalgia for the second film. And I, again, that's another film I haven't watched or really <sighs> revisited in a really long time. All I remember is dirt bike scene and angry Mr. Krabs. Dude, we were talking uh, about that the other day. Yeah. <laughs> Brody. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, Clancy Brown is Mr. Krabs. I was wondering what that was. <laughs> Yes. Fuck yeah, dude. And then Oops. but then watching this as an adult and then just seeing it in this whole new lens as being a, a parent and just also appreciating it with my with just kind of having that experience in film knowledge now, I think that it's just a fantastic film and and I think I want to go on record and say that it's probably up there in the top 5 scariest films that we've reviewed on the show. I, I, I love that. this movie and it all stems back to I saw it in a theater when I was 12 with my friend and his little brother. Did anybody oh, else lucky jump fucker. when the ball you fell? lucky fucker. When the ball falls in the uh, living room, anybody else jump? 
I don't remember if I did or I know not. Steph did. I don't think it got me, but I know Steph jumped. Hmm. Wait, that's is that uh, the Judd Judd's yep. hair scene? Yep. Whenever he turns around and Miko throws the ball and it lands in the middle of the living room and bounces, makes oh, really yeah. loud noise. But that's but the thud noise what starts off the chain reaction of Miko just starting to throw shit around his house, like run around and start. <laughs> the fuck is going? Speaking of throwing shit around your house, yeah, you know, right? like what the fuck? <laughs> He's got his own shit. Where go. did you bury this week, bro? Like, <laughs> <laughs> what do you like to know? <laughs> no, but this is a fantastic movie. I can't remember. I think I told you guys maybe off air, but like. This movie got me in trouble when I was a kid, dude, because it's so scary. Because I showed, I was stupid enough to show my younger sister, who was like seven ish, I want to say. Yeah. So I had to stay in her room for the whole weekend because she kept having nightmares. Okay. And it wasn't even, I, yeah. I was and it was like, about the ghost, dude. It wasn't even of like, just because he it was, fucking it looked was gnarly. The good guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just looked fucking gruesome. Yeah, that and, was like yeah, one, one of my mates. He um he is petrified of this movie, something fierce. I can't even mention the word Zelda to him. So what it what's all right. So back in the day, me and him and his family would watch this film fucking endlessly. And it got to the point where I had a sleepover at his house and we watched it. But every time the Zelda scene would come on, he would be outside. Like he would just be outside for the rest of the film. And then later that night. We were like inside the house, and he's um, <laughs> brother like cool, Brody. <laughs> oh, thank you, kind sir. And um, and he fucking um pulled me out of the bedroom and threw his brother in the bedroom and locked the door and was screaming Rachel through it. <laughs> and he was like bawling his fucking eyes out. And I think even to this day, that's just sort of uh fucked his head in a bit. Like, yeah, because you can't mention the word Zelda to him at all, and he's just like fuck up, don't. Is so that Batman new? What's, What's that? that? Is that Batman new, John? No. Oh God, no. No, like to the display behind you. Yeah, I mean, it was he was farther back, but I brought him over for the uh, MK versus DC. Episode. Oh, okay. Because I was so. like, when the fuck did Batman show up? Like, okay, I'm glad I'm not the only one that didn't. Okay. Batman <laughs> so, this I is. Uh, now. I feel like this is like '89. Okay. Yeah. Which is kind of awesome, like perfect for this movie too. <laughs> I was like, you keep adding shit back there. And I'm like, what's going on, man? Bro, like, like there's more shit. See, like, yeah. I, I need more camera space because, like, I have a whole fucking wall of shit over here, too, that you guys never – like, that's all my yeah. Ghostbuster shit and everything over on that side. Yeah. Oh, I think you need to do a video tour of your man cave at some point. Mm-hmm. Sometime. Dude, once I finish off the basement, then fuck yes. Right now, it's still just obviously very cave-like. <laughs> But. Oh, by the way, so we're getting a house. Like we, we're it's it's the house we're working on, right? So, um, my wife already has planned. Like, as soon as you walk in the front door, there's like the little entryway, and there's stairs going on, and there's like a little wall here off to the side uh, that is going to block off part of the kitchen. She's like, the arcades are going right there. <laughs> yes. Wait, so you're building the house? We're re- renovating one. Yeah. Is it a? Does it have a basement? Yes. Okay. Please do this for me because I, I mean, I'm still going to try to do it. Maybe once the kiddo's a little out, but I've always wanted a fire pole for obvious reasons. (laughs) (laughs) And not only this, not only this, but the fire pole, I would do it more Batman style. I would build it in the closets to where I'd go hide in an upstairs closet and come down to a downstairs closet. 
I don't know, man. As cool as that would be, man, you, it'd be hard getting insurance. Why do you have to tell them? Why do they need to know that? That's All true. you do is take a closet and cut the fucking thing out of it. Cut, cut the bottom. <laughs> like okay, so what you do okay. is you make it a deep well, closet, but you make it a false short closet. Okay. You know what I mean? So you have a secondary closet door yeah. in the back. And then that's your little back cave, dude. And then here's what even if you the start part. the fucking show. Like, out, where's Chad coming from? <laughs> the fucking bat pole. was fucking desk. What's the best part is at the bottom of the pole is where you store all your cosplays. <laughs> so there you go. I mean, obviously, you would have to get a Batman sixty six at that point. You know what I mean? But or the Robin yeah. at least. But yeah, dude, that's always been my dream. So if you can, Chad, do it. The kids would love it because they love Ghostbusters. So, dude, Ghostbusters, Batman, fucking what? Just fire pole, man. It's sweet. <laughs> Do it. Insurance would be a bitch, though. But like I said, they don't need to know. They don't need to know. That's right. Anyways, so we don't have a Brody call-in review, seeing we have oh, this motherfucker person. here. Awesome. Bobby was supposed to send a video, but uh. <sighs> Bobby. Uh, hey guys. There, Bobby. Hey, uh, tune into the machine shop every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to see Bobby. Okay, moving Boom. on. Yeah. Look behind the uh, the curtain, the skirt, whatever you want to call it. Ooh, under the skirt? Under the skirt, the skirt around the curtain. Put the mirror on the Are shoe. you ready? Yeah, Ooh. let's do this. So, Stephen King once mentioned that the only novel he wrote that really scared him <laughs> was Pet Cemetery. That scares me too, bro. Right? The role, <laughs> the role of Zelda, Rachel's terminally ill sister, is played by a man. Director Mary Lambert wanted Zelda and her scenes to frighten the audience, but did not believe that a 13-year-old girl was scary, so she cast Andrew Hubestank in the role to make something to be a bit off about Zelda. Y'all never watched The Exorcism of Emily Rose then. That's how you make a 13-year-old scary. Dude, I like that movie. <laughs> Terrifying. Ooh. I like parts of it. It got a little it, boring it, when it got to the whole courtroom the scenes. The court, yeah, yeah. It was definitely... Uh... It was all right, though. I still enjoyed it. Anyways. Keep going, Chad. Okay. I want to see if Brody knows this. Do you guys know who was the first choice to play the role of Lewis Creed? Sylvester Stallone. Fuck. Fuck. Um, David Hasselhoff. No, but he's, you're close. Wait, really? He has a very sexy chin. Uh, Bruce, Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell. Whoa! Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that so, would have been a whole different fucking. In another movie right world, there. George Romero directed this, and Bruce Campbell was the lead. What? Dead on. My mind can't even. <laughs> and, Bruce Campbell, my and Bruce Campbell just killed the entire cast. <laughs> Dude, I can't even wrap my head around that thought of that'd be an insanely different movie. Holy fuck! Hail to the Wendigo, baby. <laughs> Stephen King was present on location for most of the shooting of the film. The area it was shot in was only 20 minutes away from his home in Bangor, Maine. AK Dairy. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> that was, was actually a distance too. Well, sorry, that? I just want to I just want to say oh sorry, Chad. Yeah. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say, uh, even though yeah, Stephen King was on set the whole time, Fred Gwynn was kept coming up to him every day. He's like I need to pick your brain. I need to pick your brain to the point where Stephen King's just like, fuck this. Like I need to leave set. Like Fred actually hassled him that much. That's awesome. I hope he did his accent the whole time he did it too. I need, I to, need pick to pick your brain. <laughs> Fucking Herman Munster. Uh, and Stephen King's novel, Judd mentions that a dog went wild in a nearby town and killed several people. This is a reference Ooh. to the events of Cujo. Yeah. Fuck that movie it has one cool shot in it. 
The movie's terrible. What? The book is really good. Yes. Dude, that'd be a way cooler, like, instead of a, it wasn't Brody, like maybes or whatever. What shot am I referring to? Um, I'm guessing it's a dog saying. Fuck. Should I, I never watch Sujo, dude? I've always there seen is, like, a little bit. There is an interior shot of the car where you get a 360 spin. And the fucking the mom and oh, the kid are the inside. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like, the mom are in mom and this kid are inside the car and they're crying and the fucking camera does a full 360. It's fucking rad as shit. <laughs> it's been hot minutes since I've seen that film. I think I've only seen it once. That'll be year, like year Same. six of Gormore. But like I said, I remember the book being way better. Yeah, yeah we call that the year the years of the uh the slow burn. That's the, the year the year of getting desperate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nonsense, dude. We could Nonsense. we could reach way deeper. Did you see the movie I sent you fucks today? We're not running out anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I want to watch that just because Jerry Lawler's in it. <laughs> not to mention Rod Jeremy, Beetlejuice, and a yes. multitude of other things. Uh, Wait, I understand that these are all... I did not all... get to see this yet. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I understand that these are all, like, gross people, and they have said and done horrible things. But this is going to translate <laughs> to one fucking hilarious film. That's... Oh, boy. Uh, you're talking, you're talking Beetlejuice, like the, little, like the little guy, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. The legend beat. The, the man. The boxing champ. I remember getting introduced to him in like late or like old school late night Howard Stern show, dude, on E Network. <laughs> I, I remember oh. that old show. Do remember oh, uh, his oh. appearances on WCW and WWF? I can't say that I do. There, there was a, there was a thing with uh, Jeff Jarrett where him uh, he bumps into Jeff backstage. He's like, "Hey, watch where you go," and he's like, "Where you go with slap nuts?" And he takes the fucking guitar and he breaks it over oh Beetle God. and he just flies <laughs> away. It's fucking oh. awesome. That had to be pretty early then. No, Jeff Jarrett. Yep. When is because Jeff or does Jeff Jarrett still wrestle? Okay, Jeff Jarrett left the WWF in 1999 when he hopped to the WCW uh, in return uh, because that was about two weeks after Vince Russo left and started writing for the WCW. So it's probably oh, late shit. 1999, around probably around October, November. It was right after he dropped the belt to China uh, in that good housekeeping match, wherever he got the flower put all over him and the banana shoved in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> You're information on this astounds me dude <laughs> <laughs> holy shit that's all i gotta say Look. No, I, I just want to say one of my favorite uh christian slash christian cage moments involves jeff jarrett when they were doing the uh the whole christmas thing on uh tna the one time when christian cage was a part of it and he came <laughs> and he came out and just totally ripped on jeff jarrett that who the hell was playing santa claus was it kurt angle no 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 it was before kurt angle okay fully like I think the year before. No, 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 no. Before that, even. Uh, but, was it BG James, like Road Dog? No. Oh shit, I can't remember. Who okay. it was. Fuck. But anyhow, he comes yeah. out. He comes out. He's giving Christian Cage all these things, and he's pulling out like the shitty wig of look, looks like <laughs> Jeff. And he pulls out white denim pants. Where'd you get these? Nineteen eighty-five. <laughs> <laughs> the topper was the shirt that said "Don't piss me off." <laughs> <laughs> And he puts it all on. He just starts strutting around the real shitty like Jeff Jarrett does. Oh, my God. If, you, yeah. if you can find it on YouTube, it's fucking hilarious. Well, that's enough about Double J, Jeff yeah. Jarrett. Let's, uh, okay. let's keep going. <laughs> Actor Brad Greenquist has said in an interview that while in his gruesome makeup for the role of Victor Pascal, no one would sit near him while the cast and crew were having lunch. What? Those people suck. 
Wake as peace. Right? I'd be looking at that shit all day long. I'd be like, damn, dude. I'd be, I'd be sitting there poking with a pencil. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that was a nice head injury, I do have to say. Mm-hmm. It's quality. Dude, they Squid. had some great makeup effects in this movie. That and uh, Rachel, Undead Rachel at the end with the, 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 the eye. Oh. I'm yeah. pretty sure Heather Langenkamp's uh, partner worked on this film. Oh, you, I bet you're probably right. I'm pretty sure. Hmm. What's Heather, Heather Langenkamp's other connection to this film? You know it. Fuck that Thank movie. You. <laughs> you say new, what was it? New Nightmare? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he played her son. Oh, yeah. Dylan. That's right. Yeah, As I, I remember, my favorite part of New Nightmare was the uh, the cute babysitter. That's all I can remember about it. Rubber reality goes meta. Works every time. Okay, where are we going? Uh, uh, the original screenplay featured the Wendigo that was mentioned in the novel, but it was ultimately cut from the film. Its presence is implied only twice. First, in the scene where Lewis is walking through the woods at night and hears mm-hmm. something large knock down a tree. Mm-hmm. And second, when Judd first takes Lewis up to the Indian burial ground, there's some kind of loud crash deep in the forest, followed by a long, almost feminine howl. Uh, and that's when Judd says it's only loom, but it's clear he does not entirely believe it himself. That was not the Wendigo. That was me and Bigfoot having a good old time. Yeah. <laughs> Although, I will laugh because the subtitle said loon. So... <laughs> it did not say loon Wendigo. So I was like, that's why I was like, hmm... Again, sometimes, yeah, a good pummeling from Bigfoot. <laughs> it could have been, dude. You go into a whole different movie, then you're gonna exist. <laughs> oh, we've already talked about the public for Bigfoot in another episode, which will be also next Friday, too. Yeah, or catch, catch this Johnny Friday, and I this talking Friday, about Friday, butt pummelings for Bigfoot on to somewhat supernatural this Friday. <laughs> 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 oh, Steve's already dying. He's yeah. like, "You fuckers, dude!" Hey, we we got a promo for you, buddy. Yeah. Okay, continue on. So, continue on. The original cut of the film delivered to Paramount's executives was judged to be too long, so excess footage had to be removed. They, they also decided the closing scene was too tame, and at their request, it was reshot to be more graphic. Unfortunately, the director, uh, November of last year, came out and said that all of the cut scenes no longer exist. Mm. Thanks. That's why. Yep. That's why they've never been included <laughs> as a uh, as an extra. Motherfucker. There we go, Brody. Another another one to the list. Okay, let's see. We already mentioned George Romero. Uh, director Mary Lambert said that Fred Gwynn was her first and only choice for the role of Judd Crandall. And what a choice it is. <laughs> There he goes. <laughs> <laughs> We're dealing with stuff. Let's keep going. <laughs> Poor John. Uh, this is the first film screenplay that Stephen King adapted from one of his own novels. I think it turned out to be actually pretty impressive. Yes. Absolutely. I'm going to look that up while you're talking about the other things that he's uh, adapted there. Imagine I don't know about adaptions, going. but I know he did the uh, the screenplay for that uh, Storm of the Century miniseries. Oh. Uh, didn't he write Maximum Overdrives? Some of your favorite Stephen King top three go, Brody. No fucking Pet Cemetery, Pet Cemetery, Pet Cemetery. That's it. Okay. <laughs> now nah, Pet Cemetery. Uh, I guess The Shining and I don't know. Fuck, there's so many. Maximum Overdrive's a fucking badass movie. I don't know. Sorry, I was pretty sad, but I was going to pick those three as well. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. about that, gentlemen. 
I like the Langoliers for some reason. Is that a Stephen King thing? Yes. Mm, uh, hey. The It miniseries. No, 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 no. You know what? I am. Uh, it kills me to do this, but I'm going to have to replace Maximum Overdrive with The Mist. Ooh, yeah. I mean, it, if you want to dig a little bit deeper, the Shawshank Green Mile. Fuck me, like. Mm-hmm. Oh, Stand by Me. Yeah. Oh, that's a fantastic movie. But we'll stick to horror for those ones. Yes. What did, what did I miss? We're what picking our top three Stephen King's films. Oh. Horror. Well, this would definitely have to be one. Is that Dreamcatcher? Is that the alien one? Yes. Yeah. That's it's fucking scary. Then again, I'm scared of aliens, so. Oh, no, I've only seen it once. <laughs> that was the Wait, one is that the one where uh, they shit out the alien? That was the one with the... Uh, New Kids on the Block, right? Oh, Mark, uh, uh, Donnie no, Wahlberg. Yeah, Donnie Wahlberg. Yeah, yeah I got it. All, all I, it's, it's so stupid, but all I can remember aside from I Dud is the scene where they're flying over the the little oh. aliens and they're, the way they're moving look like little sperm cells swimming. Lawrence Kasdan mm-hmm. uh, directed it. Got mm. some Stephen King uh, novels on this bad boy, so nice. I will pick Pet Cemetery. Oh, Children of the Corn. That's. Nah. Yeah. That motherfucker wrote yeah, that, Indiana Jones. That movie does not hold up. It was scary no. when I was a kid, but now it's not scary at all. That movie. Uh, I remember watching that when I was a little older at the time because everybody was like, "Oh, you got to watch that movie." Fucking as boring as shit, dude. It is. It is. Yeah. And maybe if I watched it now, I'd appreciate it a little bit more. Carrie? But I don't know, man. Ooh, Christine was a good one too. Firestarter. I think I would have to throw. Okay, so Carrie, I definitely. <laughs> yeah, De Palma and Stephen King, like. What the fuck? Like, well, if you're not talking about that, like, mm. yeah, uh, fuck, yeah, there's yeah. too much. There's too Silver much. Bullet, right? We could, yeah, we yeah. could do this oh, alt for days. We could do an entire Very episode. Busy, dude. Silver Bullet. Silver Bullet's my third. Do we have an Argento Stephen King? Oh God! Crossover? I don't think. Brody. Any? <laughs> Like, don't fucking it doesn't that. sound. I, I I don't I I don't believe so. No, 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 no. I don't think we do. All right. I was just hoping there was some sort of anthology film made in the nineties because <laughs> I know there's nah. a Romero Argento uh, Two Evil Eyes, mm-hmm. but uh, and then what did you say about the the other thing, the cat thing? Cat's eye. Uh, cat's eye. No. The cat's eye. Yeah. Oh, oh! by the way, I need to correct myself. Last week, we were talking about the Event Horizon Blu-ray from mm-hmm. uh, Scream. It came out the end of March. Say, I'm not fucking crazy! I could have sworn it got delayed till May. Huh. Well, maybe I have to go shopping after this. Yeah. Although, I'm not going to lie, dude. I, I kind of want to get this one after watching it, how I did. Less than $20 in some stores. Oh, really? Nice. In 4K, yeah. Dude, is it is it the one and two combo pack too? That'd uh that's twenty five. It's uh yeah. one in one in remake combo pack in four K. They don't make yeah. two in four K because Scream Factory has a release of two. Motherfuckers. All right. Okay, so let's continue on. Uh, Star Fred Gwynn's hair is actually black, so he dyed his hair white on a regular basis for the role of Judd Crandall. No shit. That's awesome. During the film, the character Judd, played by Fred Gwynn, mentions he had a pet named Spot. Spot was also the name of the pet dragon on the Munsters. Can I mention something? Uh, no. Yes, it's your show, buddy. Of course you can. <laughs> Anybody notice the red, the use of red? On the trucks? 
No, just in the film itself. I mean, I noticed all the trucks were red, which I kind of. Well, the dad wears the red hat in a couple of scenes. It just it's yep. red the way red contrasts, and then the uh, the dead guy, uh, the red shorts, Brody. Well, I was going to say something. Oh fuck! I was going to say something a little bit different, and that was the color yellow that was used. Oh, look at that! Okay, now you got me thinking of the color yellow. Where was? Because all right, well, I'll just I'll name a couple of things where you can see the yellow. It's obviously the house itself. Mm -hmm. Uh, Gage's baby clothes, mainly throughout the film, even when he's killed by the truck. Uh, Rachel's mourning robe. Church's carrying case is yellow. Uh, the funeral flowers on Gage's coffin and gravestone are yellow. Uh, and Missy's flowers on her dress, even when she dies. So do you think this is going to be attributed to the amazing production design and art director of this film? Yes. And the fact that they use the same color palette throughout the entire film and the consistency makes this stand out and rival Nightmare on Elm Street films and production quality? Yes. Quite possibly. But Going back to your red color red, that's also like, yep, the trucks. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, even the house roof is red. So you got that yellow and red yep. fucking there. Um, oh, shit. Yeah. That's continuity. That's consistency. That's filmmaking, baby. That's fucking awesome. The fact that we're able to sit there and think about it and go back and Dude, pick that out. Yeah. I didn't even notice the yellow, but now I feel like I just want to watch it again just to notice all the yellow. Again, this 4K oh, sedan allows oh. you to like relive this fucking film. Dude. Wow. That shit, not to jump ahead, but that shit was money. Like, well, what triggered it for me was on, on this viewing last night. I was like, just, I don't know why it came to my head, but I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, Lewis and Ellie have black hair, and then you've got. Uh, Rachel and Gage have blonde hair and they're the two that die. You know, well, it was just, that's how it sort of started. And then I just sort of started picking up on the color throughout mm-hmm. the film. Okay. And I was like, holy fuck. <laughs> yeah. oh, God, no, I don't know. It was so, it was so stupid. You just meant, it just hit me. You mentioned all the different colors of red. Now I could think of as a uh, silent night, deadly night too. red car. Good observation. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good God. <laughs> Need to review that. Yep. Coming soon <laughs> to a bonus episode. Do you? <laughs> okay. 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 Continuing on. Over the years, critics have frequently voiced concern over the impression that being in this film must have left on young Miko Hughes. On the contrary, his parts during the horror sequences were shot separate from the more disturbing elements and violent action. He was later edited into the scenes while a dummy was used during the more intense action footage. Danny much? Hmm. And do you know who made that doll? The guitarist from Tool. Adam Jones what? worked on that doll. Hmm. Nice. The one that catches on fire at the end? Yes. Okay. Okay. Continue on. Ellie is psychic in the novel, but Mary Lambert's not convinced she was able to convey that in the film. It's actually kind of implied that uh, members of the family have The Shining. And that was because Carrie sneezed on her once. <laughs> I mean, I kind of got that anyways, the fact that she was already like having the dreams and everything about it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, she very Halloween five ish, right? Yeah. She had some kind of like connection to it, mm-hmm. whether it was like super nose, you know what I mean? Like on the nose about it. But there's even and a little, uh, the sh- like when Rachel's like to, um, to Lewis, still friends, doc, bit of a throwback to yeah. the shining. Okay. So that makes, 
I always thought it was weird that she kept calling her own husband Doc. And I was like, yo, are you that getting off on it? The fact that he's a doctor, you got to keep reminding them. What? You don't think Sierra doesn't walk around calling me the pod boss? Fuck you. <laughs> I figured that would just be bedroom talk, but yeah. I just, you know, whatever. It started. Oh, no. that what you do in the hallways this is your business, buddy. Oh, no. Full on ass Mac. What's up, boss, man? You know, he goes everywhere, buddy. <laughs> just can't keep As going. if you don't no, return not. that ass Mac. Come on. <laughs> I'll leave you, Chad, daddy. Don't play coy there's, don't play coy there's no way you, some, sometimes you just see it just chilling around the corner and it just it just needs he it. gets it yeah yeah oh shit i do that every time yeah exactly time. just walk past the wife in the you in have the to take yeah, you have to take that opportunity mm-hmm. she does the same thing so Ooh. <laughs> see yeah brody, brody could do the same thing but he only hangs out with uh girls who already have boyfriends oh. <laughs> uh, see he does yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a story anywhere. here he's not telling. Uh-huh. That's okay. That's right. After hours. Save it on the hush hush. <laughs> Project Louder after hours. Oh. After, 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 after dark uh, down under. Ooh. <laughs> it's got in the title. I like it. It's just Brody <laughs> drunk talking for an hour. <laughs> and abusing everyone. People, people would pay good money to see that. Oh, uh, I am people, and yes. It's yeah, a absolutely. <laughs> Holy fuck. Oh, what else we got, Chad Daddy? Uh, Tom Savini turned down the chance to direct the film. Oh. So this could have been his first film instead of uh, Night of the Living Dead. Watch your mouth. <laughs> oh, I'm not believing I wasn't talking bad about it. I just thought this could have been his first. Oh, God. I'm glad yeah. he went with Night of the Living Dead. Are you telling me there's a possibility where we could not have Monkey Shines or not Night of the Living Dead that we that we love and just cherish? That's crazy. I don't remember much about Monkey Shines, to tell you the truth. I've seen it maybe once. Filmed in the basement of Carnegie Hall, I believe. Sounds right. Yep. All right. Pittsburgh filmmaking, baby. Okay, keep going. (laughs) Uh, When Victor Pascal is being carried into the clinic after being hit by a truck, a rabies poster with a picture of Cujo can be seen on the bulletin board by the stairs. Oh, nice. Yep. That's cool. Okay, uh, another thing that um, Brody already mentioned was how it was uh, inspired by actual events in Stephen King's life, such as when his daughter's cat was hit and killed in the road. He lived... uh, there was a path to a pet cemetery behind his house, too. And uh, Judd, the character of Judd, is also based on his neighbor. Am I missing something? Do people regular, regularly bury their pets in, like, their own cemeteries? Is, I thought you just bury them in your backyard. Brody? Yeah. I was going to say, um, when I drove to Perth there, uh, was it this year? Um, we actually stopped at a pet cemetery on the way there. Oh, okay. crazy. Shit. I, I, yeah, look, I don't know. It was very weird. I saw the sign. I'm like, I'm fucking going there. <laughs> it was actually, it was like proper. Like they actually had little markings like made up for their pets. It was crazy. Now, um, uh, did, now did, see did, that I can understand as as opposed to like little handmade crosses made out of bed posts and table. Did legs. the graves get older as you got closer to the center? Okay. <laughs> it was more of a square. Oh, it was like a you, fucking. Oh, okay. It was like, it, yeah, it felt like a normal graveyard just for like, but like little, um, yeah, just a lot smaller. Um, it was really weird, but it was just cool to be actually at a pet cemetery because obviously I love the film so much. I never, I was gonna be, 
There wasn't any yeah, was, rock formations or anything next to it. Or anything, right? No, no. As much as I would have loved to have seen that. John. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> was that a rock formation yeah. or a beaver dam way off course? Well, the beaver dam was right at the pet cemetery, but I was yes. talking about the, the rock formation. Oh, the, yeah. The yeah. Bad soils. <laughs> the bad soil is. Was the so. beaver dam the barrier? I, I took it as say. such. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's what always like lit up when like like we was dreaming about it and stuff. And that, at the you end know that could also be the, like Native American Wendigo ish as well. Uh, just that that visual of itself uh, of the of the tree of like the woods and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Do you actually get to oh, see that- it in the new one? Oh, I'm sorry, Brody. No, no, no. I-, I was just gonna say, is that what you're calling the deadfall? The beaver? Yes, yes. The deadfall. The yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, there is there's a lot of imagery of that sort of stuff, isn't there? Hey, do they have do, they, do beavers even exist in Australia, Brody? Nah, not at all. Dude, I seen one the other day. Where the fuck was I? Could you imagine oh. the Australian beaver? Actually. I was in the mall and there's a big ass fucking stuffed beaver sitting there. I was like, holy oh, shit, look at the size of that fucking beaver, man. It's fucking big. Betty's look at that big hairy beaver. That's yeah. right. There's was a very big beaver. I mean, I was like, wow, look at the size of that beaver. And it was, it was like just 70s. wow, yeah. 70s beaver. Wow. That's right. Like all up in. Could he use a trim? <laughs> <laughs> I would have just walked in. Nice beaver. There we go. <laughs> okay, continuing on. Uh, the picture at Rachel's parents' house is a painting of Zelda as a child before her spinal meningitis. Gage is later seen wearing a similar outfit to signify that Zelda has come back through him, which was Rachel's deepest fear. And the Why coolest part was, was Church was in the photo too. Yes, he was. Yep. That was foreshadowing. I got a question. Was it was everybody fat when they were young? I think they just had puffy dresses. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was supposed to be Zelda. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. I was that was actually gonna be a big question because I was like, I had no idea what like obviously it was some foreshadowing, but it was just like was it more of a foreshadowing like she was always gonna die by gauge like that? Like gauge and the cat. I don't know, but man, that was a creepy looking painting. And I could be wrong, but they show it twice. And but I'm pretty sure the second time they show it, it looks like it's almost like they have another version of it in a stairwell more than the room that they were in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I caught that. More fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) No, thank you. But okay. Anyways, what else? To go back. Uh, uh, The uh, flashback sequence when Judd is telling Lewis about uh, burying the guy in the cemetery. Timmy Baderman. Timmy Baderman, yes. Uh, so as the house goes up in flames, Timmy Baderman shouts, love dead, hate living. This line is originally from The Bride of Frankenstein, as spoken by Boris Karloff as the monster. Timmy repeats the line a minute or so later, too. Mm-hmm. Dies the same way. Yep. Mm-hmm. House on fire. Poor Timmy. Okay, I mentioned the... <laughs> Timmy! And the, finally, the original ending scene was more ambiguous. It showed only the undead Rachel entering the kitchen where Lewis is playing solitaire, leaving his fate uncertain. Brody, mm. he did not mention it. So say your thing. Bumper sticker. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, well, it sort of comes full circle at the end, you know, when you've got have you hugged your mum dad label in the car at the start of the film? Uh, no, that's and- not mum dad. That's uh, MD, medical doctor. Oh, is it? Yeah. Right, right. 
but it's just sort of comes full circle and not only that there's a fun little fact that when um he lays out his cards on the on the floor he, you get to see a two a queen and a uh was it a joker no might have been, no jack jack sorry so the jack represents judd the mm-hmm. queen's his wife and the two is for gage no shit because he's two years old in this film oh is he two <laughs> no shit yes yeah. All right. Just, yeah, little little things there. And did you also notice how the figures on the cards actually resembled tarot card figures? Yes. Yes. Yeah. At first I thought he was playing with tarot cards. But... First time I saw it in the theater, that's what I thought too. Huh. That's cool though. Oh, and I've also got to add to the foreshadowing. Um Gage is playing with a red truck. You know that scene when they get pan from uh the living room to the sunroom and it crashes mm-hmm. into the boxes. So that's obviously Gage foreshadowing his own death because it's a red and yellow truck that he's crashing into boxes. Hmm. No shit. Which crashes into him. Is right. it every time they show a, the house, they, they show a truck going past it? It feels like it. Okay. And I yes. feel like every shot, it's almost the same truck, except for one time it's a garbage truck. But it's still a red that, truck. That's at the start, isn't it? So they show the milk truck, and then it's yep. the garbage truck, and then it's like I feel like it's just the milk truck all the time after that. I could be wrong on that, but I feel like so every that, time uh, it was just yeah. a quick whip by and just to, you know express that they're still living on the highway or whatever. But so I know when Judd's house is burning down, you see a truck, like an actual big truck, go past. Hmm. Um, have to re- that just means another rewatch. I don't know. <laughs> How many trucks did we actually have? <laughs> so what else we got, buddy? Anything that's else? it, baby. Oh, that's it. That's all. Oh shit. I had I had more, but most of it Brody uh, touched on, so I felt no need to repeat myself. I'm very uh, sorry about that. No, it's fine. It's cool. <sighs> that's awesome. And you know what sucks is uh, I feel like big questions we've kind of hit with a lot of behind the scenes and shit too. Um, let's see. So we already did the Windigo one which that actually hit pretty early. Okay, so am I to assume it's just the magic of the land that makes Gage like as strong as like two guys when he becomes evil? Can I, that's, can what I, I, that's what I thought. Can I explain the lore the way I interpreted it? Explain away, Daddy. Native Americans bless the land, perform some sort of ritual to resurrect the dead. It worked. Until they overused it too much, then the land turned sour. Then the people they started putting into it started coming back bad and killing people. So they stopped using it and left it. So that's how I interpreted the story. Mm-hmm. So, so do you think do you think they were coming back as Wendigos themselves? I would think that they were just in coming a, back in a as, human shell. Uh, what was it? They he said something about the ground. It changes them. It fuck. Well, yeah, because they because they, 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 they keep man, character so. they keep characteristics of their former selves, almost like a deadite. So I don't think that they're getting. It's almost like they're possessed by you know what I'm talking about because they keep yeah, characteristics and use itself. personal stuff similar to deadites, and but I don't. They're not as strong, you know, because Miko Hughes isn't flying around and shit. Uh, I mean, he does so launch out of the attic that? in that one scene, like where he's like, Wah! but. So it's almost more like the the possessed ones in demons, without the strong, characteristics, without the without intense the weird, mutations. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm just saying, like, 
good analysis. I mean, you could you could always argue it with the Child's Play movie too, but like when they're run, like anybody that's wrestling around with Chucky, you're just like, why can't they just like, huh? <laughs> but it's like you know what I mean. Like, but he does it in this movie. He actually does throw him. He does, movie. but he's but Gage still kind of like puts up a way more of a fight than I would expect like a two year old like that. <laughs> at the same time, sometimes you know two year olds can be a little asshole. Or is the fact that he's dead and rigor mortis is set in, so it's kind of stuff tougher to move his joints around. I was just thinking it'd be funny like if that was the magic of the land, like a two year old baby came back as like strong as like a fucking like six for five dude, just full on like Voorhees. Do you reckon Gage was possessed by the Zelda spirit or another evil spirit that took over his body? I would say I another spirit. Well, here's the thing: land in Zelda world. was nowhere near any of this shit. So Zelda's right. appearance was literally just kind of like a rubber reality type thing. Well, so I think Chad's Wendigo theory works because then it kind of like a possessing thing where it kind of reveals itself to whoever like their fear t- fears or type thing is. So yeah, like it uses I, Rachel's fears against her. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was gonna say because I could see the Zelda thing just because. It's her voice that calls her in a judge house. At but first. there's definitely some rubber reality scenes because we also see right. Judge House in a different form of decay as well. Which is awesome. Oh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's so cool. I don't and even. The reason why is I ask that question is because you see Gage and Zelda wearing the same, you know, Gage is oh, wearing right. the same That's shit true. outfit as the painting. So that was the other thing I was sort of like, oh. Okay. You know, I could see that. Hmm. It's interesting. Or is this motherfucker crazy and he's just killing everybody? He's imagining all this. So the dad, yeah, because he's going crazy from his kid dying. Dude, that would be a no. That would be a very cool movie. Holy shit! That'd be like shrooms almost or something. He killed himself at the end. He cut himself with a fucking knife. His wife never came back. What are you talking about? Okay, so glad you brought it up because that was another big question: is after Rachel kills Lewis, what do you think happens to her? There's no mention of uh, him in the second film. Well, there is, but they kind of like brush past it. Well, yeah, the the, vet, the veterinarian, the old veterinarian mentions him mm-hmm. because about the cat. Uh, Brody and I discussed that the other night too. Really? <laughs> um, no, what the fuck was it, dude? But yeah, what what do you guys think happens to Rachel after this? Because nothing's ever explained of like what happens to her or like does she just go back to the cemetery and like rebury herself now that everybody's dead or is like she I'd on a hunt for Ellie? Like maybe after Chicago, maybe like, after she maybe after she killed him, you know her uh, her work was done because it always seems that whatever comes back tries to kill whoever it is that buried him. Mm. Oh, maybe if, this is a good cat, time for her. the cat was only aggressive to him. Okay, here comes Brody talking about. Oh, I wrote a fan fiction once where she comes back. <laughs> <laughs> not it's at not, all. You're I not off. Not going to say that. Okay. I was not going to say that. I was going to say that would have been a perfect time for Amiro to shine to make the sequel where they, she, her, Lewis, and Ga- well, Gage is fucked off, but they go into town, kill people, bury him in the cemetery. All zombies come back. That's how zombie plague starts. From what from what I was reading, that's that sort of happened in the remake. Yeah, you get a zombie family. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I just I literally just read it right before we did the show, so I have no idea. Yeah, I haven't. I need to watch it too myself. But yeah. John, yo, buddy, can we talk about the questions? Are we good with you? I think we're good, man. Okay, so uh, John and I watched it in the 4K version. Uh, Paramount has a 4K release, and they also have a double release with the remake. If you're into that sort of stuff, I mean, to each his own. Uh, 
Yeah, pretty good. The new scan is gorgeous, and it's oh, definitely dude. allowed me to appreciate this film on a whole nother level. It was, it was so nice, I'm, man. So I'm good. assuming this. I'm assuming this was the 4K version that was on Prime. Correct. Yes. All right, then we all three watched the same one. Yeah, buddy. You Chad made sure this fucking week. He's like, wait a minute. I think oh, yeah, Chad I has did. a problem seeing the thing in the corner that says UHD that's really small and so, and it's black. <laughs> No, he saw it this week. This week, you saw it. You did for he sure. Le- he learned okay. from last week. He's like, wait a minute, fuck that. I missed it. Was it last week? What we do last week? The Horizon. Event Horizon. Oh, that was the one right. where he was like, where the fuck was it? I'm like, the yeah. one next panel over. <laughs> yep. Which they I did know. it again, but yeah. And this having a, a remake so. fucks everything. It does, it's, but it's not as bad as Night of the Living Dead when you search it on streaming. Also true. There's like seven or eight different versions of that film and then remakes and then fucking uh, yeah. spinoffs. <laughs> Indeed. So. Wait, Dude, how did you move- watch it? Wait, well, how did Brody watch it? Um, good old YouTube. It, that's That was the only way I was able to watch it. 720p fucking YouTube. Um, yeah. That's cool. That it's yeah, on I, know. I know. I don't know. But I still love the film, so. Word. I'm not going to. Hey Brody, gonna, yeah, be sad about it. If the internet gets shut down tomorrow, how are you gonna watch Pet Cemetery? Wait, what is it gonna? Ha- is it gonna happen again? It's all <laughs> up to you, Mary Lou. Uh, no, <laughs> hey, we need we need to find like a whatever region Brody's in or a region free copy and send it to him. Well, the 4K is region free. He just needs to get a 4K player. Uh, I don't even have a 4K player. We, we we tried to go and determine how expensive it would be for him to be able to uh, acquire such things. And yeah, it's, what did uh, you say it was? It was like du- was it double the amount? I think it's ne- yeah, pretty it's much double. Um, yeah, mm, damn, it's shit. All right, so douche of the movie, the father, 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 oh Jesus Christ, absolutely. Fuck that, dude. <laughs> to start a fist fight in a fucking funeral. Right. And then he's like, my bad. No, fuck off. <laughs> That's what I was saying. I was, as soon as that scene ended, I looked at my wife and I said, I would have stabbed that motherfucker right then and there. That's why Lewis gave him that little like limp wristed fucking handshake at the. He's <laughs> like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> no, that wasn't, that was an easy pick for that one. Yeah. So, favorite kill? Judd. Also have to agree. God yeah. But it's so gnarly, dude. Any Achilles tendon cutting Ooh. just fucking, yeah. Does me does no wrong, dude. Doesn't matter how many times you see it. It still makes your skin crawl. Ugh. Right. Because I think we've all had that, like, just oh so close moment, man, where you get like a hit back there or some kind of cut and you're just like. <gasps> and, now, didn't, uh, didn't Chucky also do that? But it was just like one quick swipe with the blade. Yeah, his was a lot faster. Like, yeah. And this was like, like sawing into it, shit, dude. He's like, ooh, cake. Mm. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh. no, that was. Yeah, that's an easy one. That's Judd all the way. And then I can say, like, obviously, most traumatizing kill would be Gage with the truck. <laughs> that's a whole different question. Uh, what do we got next, gentlemen? Best scene. Uh, best scene. <sighs> mm. 
I um I really love the scene where after Gage's funeral, Judd and Lewis is sitting at the table drinking a few bloody frothies, talking about Timmy baiting. But it, it's also leading up to the, I reckon the greatest bit of the acting of the whole entire film, where Judd blames himself for Gage's death. It's a pretty pretty heart wrenching scene. Not only That's- Gage dying, but Fred Gwynn definitely sells sells it. I think I'd agree with you there. I think that's going to be my pick too. Mm. I was debating that or just the whole scene of uh, Lewis just hold, just digging Gage up and leading up to uh, burying him in the pet cemetery itself. Interior of Judd's house when he start whenever uh, Doctor uh, What's His Nuts starts hallucinating. Lewis comes in, yeah. Uh, just that whole once the moment he enters that house, it's just everything that ensues is just really, really, really cool. I feel like it almost looked like um, Stephen King's house from the end of a uh, creep show there. Kind of. Yeah. Awesome shit. I don't know if that was like allude to that too, a little bit. Um, oh man. I think my favorite scene is, is, uh, is Lewis's dream scene when he first gets taken to the pet cemetery and told no and stuff. Like I liked it. Like that's where you started going crazy. Cause like, you know, muddy ass feet. And then, yeah. And then just to end <laughs> it with that way, like, I don't know. That was just a cool, like, oh, fuck, dude. This legit happens. So, yeah, I'm going to have to go with that one. Opening scene. Oh, wait, Brody? That scene? He already said it. Yep. He went first, yeah. Opening scene. The opening scene. Oh, yeah, I guess Uh, the opening scene. The credits? Yeah, the opening scene was the credits, just the uh, showing the pet cemetery itself and the little kids reading the epitaphs. Yep. I mean, it was was actually, it it was a little creepy. So, yeah, I think so. Definitely yeah, I think music and tone so. so yes. Yeah. Indeed. Best so, hits, hottest girl, best dick. Brody. Well, well, well. I chose Zelda because that yeah. character the ma- <laughs> He's definitely got the trifecta there. I mean <laughs> that, you know what? That's You're all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I'm not gonna. <laughs> it's a dude playing a woman. Shut down. Oh, I'm gonna have to go with the doc man, Lewis. He was a, he was a handsome dad. He was a handsome dude. And before uh, going insane, he obviously he would have been the total package in the '80s. Young Mom's handsome, pretty doctor. good looking. Yeah, she wasn't bad. He was just recently just, featured on an episode of Creep Show. Oh, really? I don't know. Something about the uh, '80s shoulder pads with the. Butch hair, but she's the only girl they really choose from. So I have to stay here anyway. So this this <laughs> was probably mom. this was probably like literally no. Was this before or after Star Trek Next Generation? Star Trek Next after. Generation was eighty eight, right? Yeah. So this was like right after they killed her off. Ah, okay. She has, she a season one girl. Yeah. Yeah, she got killed yeah. off. I think partway into season one, like halfway through. Again, I watch more Deep Space Nine and uh, Voyager than I have anything. So, fair enough. Can't argue with that. Both are excellent shows as well. All right. So we are on score. Wait, everybody say. Everybody Ooh. said. Yeah. TJ, who did you say for your best dick? Oh, I didn't. I said the the girl, like the the mom, best dick. Uh <laughs> That's a that's a hard one. That's a hard one. That's what she said. <laughs> Unintended. <laughs> uh, ooh. I don't know. I mean, Judd's performance sells it pretty well too. So yeah, 
Uh, I'm pretty. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd go probably have to go with Judd. He likes to smoke and drink. And I'd like a little Herman Munster meat in me. So, yep. yeah, he could Score. be your foot. <laughs> Music, Elliot Goldenthal, not to be confused with Rick Rosenthal. But Elliot Goldenthal does uh, does some fine work, so uh, I think the score definitely set the mood. It was very suspenseful when it needed to be. It was Alien Three, it needed to be. Alien Three. He did the soundtrack to that. I have I'm that sure one as well. Coming up too. Oh, we did yeah, drugs for a cowboy. Alien Batman 3, Forever. Batman Forever. Val Kilmer. Batman. God damn it. Is that is that nipples? No, that's not nipples. That was uh, speaking of Batman Forever. Did you see that uh, they're now trying to get the uh, release the Schumacher um, Schumacher cut? What is that? It's a much darker version of the movie. Mm. Really? Wait, who did? I thought Schumacher did. Oh, you're saying like what he actually wanted, like the actual director, like like with yeah, with like the Snyder cut. Gotcha. Really? Mm-hmm. See, Forever wasn't bad. Batman and Robin, though, just Batman and Robin is garbage. Uh, but it was nice. It was nice seeing Uma Thurman, her ass, in that poison ivy costume on the big screen. <laughs> Fair enough. It was nice. I don't care what you say. Judge me if you want. She had a nice ass. They fucked her boy Bane though. <laughs> Made him fucking ridiculous. Hey, that's the best version of Bane we get. I'll fight you. In theatrical mode? Yeah, I guess Compar- he's compared to the Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Not uh, okay, Mr. Hardy, I'm sorry. But it's sometimes, okay? Sometimes. No. You know what ruined it with that whole movie is just like how off that his voice was compared to everybody else on the voice track. It just sounded so dumb that it just Dude, ruined to this, it. To this day, I completely refuse to watch the movie. I think it's stupid. You sh- and you know I what? Think the, I think the whole premise behind it is stupid. Bruce Wayne would never give up being Batman just because his girlfriend got killed. I'm sorry. It just wouldn't happen. Yeah, I do think wasn't. that the first two uh, films are perfect examples of like some of the best cinema ever. Just, just my opinion. I think Christopher Nolan just is phenomenal. But I think Begins is better than Dark Knight. Batman yeah. Begins is That's a hot take, movie. buddy. I, I don't care. Batman Begins is 10 times better than the Dark Knight. I, I do have to say, I am a little impartial to Begins because my boy Scarecrow's all up in that shit. And he's That's the fair. Tits. And they do do him dirty in part two by making yeah, him a little do. bitch at the beginning. Yeah, that, that was yeah. kind of bullshit. Because he's scary as fuck in part one, especially when, when he gets on a horse. Right. <laughs> oh man, you guys are. But I do got to say, the scariest version of Scarecrow is the uh, oh, the Batman dude. Arkham series in the video games, voiced Bro. by Robert Englund. That shit, yeah. Although I do love Scarecrow and in Injustice too. Is that the uh, the weird like reversed voice type thing, where he's like sounds like he's in Scarecrow realm all the time? What's that in Injustice too? Yeah, do they use that type of voice? Um. I think so. Yeah, it kind of sounds like a little reverbed, whatever. And he's got the, uh, I don't know, he's just really tall and he's got the scythe and shit like that. Like, Does he have needle hands? No. Not in Injustice. No, because he has the scythe and um, no, because he breathes the gas on you and shit like that. And he like hits you with like gas ball, like gas bombs and shit like that too. Fuck yeah. Cool. That's a whole, we're on a whole different DC topic right now. <laughs> <laughs> not, not want to go back to. I want to play Injustice Two again. I, God damn it! 
Favorite character? Um, Judd. 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 Well, that I think Brody agreed, but he just nodded. <laughs> no, yeah, no, sorry. I was zoned out there for a bit. Um, <laughs> fucking coffee hasn't kicked in yet. Yeah, Judd Crandall. Yeah, fucking um, yeah, big swinging dick honky tonk there. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Oh, we forgot best song. Oh, dude, Ramones. Oh yeah, how'd we get to that? yeah? Ramones, There's only Pet two Cemetery. songs in the movie, and both of, both of them were by the Ramones. But yeah, Pet Cemetery. Scary. Yes. Yeah, that's what you oh, get to God, hear man. in uh, right at the end. But don't they play it in the truck on the six 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 truck as well? Is it playing on the radio in there? That's a different Ramones song. Was that no, 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 no. The, no? That was the uh, that was the truck that hit Gage. That was Sheena was a punk rocker. Hmm. Okay. Sheena is. So. Sing it, Brody. Oh. Hold up today. Yes, it was definitely scary, and yes, it holds up today. Yes. Yes. Agreed. Acting acting so far above. Oh, it's so good. Like even Brody said, like that Judd scene where he cries is just, ooh, buddy. Fred Gwynn really nailed it more than he he nailed it harder than anyone did. Uh, Paul Ashford, this was his last role. I think so. Sad. Yes. Not to mention uh, Miko, a two-year-old fucking doing what he did on on this film. Right. It was incredible. Is this his first role? Yes. And they say you should never work with children or pets on this film and everything worked out A-OK for him. It just fell into place. For him, yes. For the cat, not so much. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the cat was. He said the cat was a nightmare. Motherfucker. Oh, really? They they had to use nine different cats. Oh, uh, I will mention this is the second time we've seen a dead cat on Gordon Moore. Uh, Details later. (laughs) (laughs) What? That's going back back a few episodes too. (laughs) Shit, we've actually no, we have done the sequel, haven't we? Yeah, we have. We're just waiting early to do last the, year. The third, the third one, one yeah. and then you can finish it off. Yeah. All right. Wait, did I put did I put that on the schedule? I or did I somehow overlook that one? I don't Chad, think that's on this year. That's a zombie movie. I, I think I did skip that one. Shit, I'm gonna have to put that on there. Okay. Well, we can look at that. So what are we on now? Oh. We're on Boss Daddy's question. Okay, so Brody and I kind of talked about it earlier. Uh <laughs> We've been talking about it the whole entire episode, if, if you guys actually have been really thinking about it. Uh, this movie is fantastic. This movie is shot so fucking well. Uh, we already talked about the art direction and production design, just how quality looking it is. But visual storytelling is all there. The scenery is all there. The, the, the set pieces are glorious. Uh, like I said, the Native American set uh, styling on some of these are, is really, really cool. And it's it feels like a Stephen King uh story the the setting feels like a stephen king story like i said it feels like it's right down the road from Derry. so i think that they they pulled it off completely it's yeah i think it's a fantastic film it's it's extremely effective today as it was when it first released brody no you're basically right you hit the nail on the head um at every turn i will just mention the color grading in this film too uh it really gives that harsh dark shadow play um that i fucking love so much and i promise you the uh the hdr whenever in the 4k yeah dude all those colors are just 
Speaking of colors, I just want to add this on. You guys mentioned uh, TJ. You noticed the reds and uh, Brody mentioned uh, the yellows. How prevalent both those colors are. And do you realize that also carries over into some of his other works, especially the yellow and the red? The village. I was thinking it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It does. You red, red balloon, the ye- Georgie's yellow rain slicker. Maybe that's why I felt like it was right down the road from fucking dairy. Hmm. Okay. Do we get that in maximum overdrive? Because all I read about is green goblin face. <laughs> there is a lot, a lot of red in red maximum blood. overdrive. That's blood. <laughs> that's true. That is very true. And uh, Chad, Daddy, just to let you know, we are we do not have reanimator on the list. Okay, I'll have to see if I can. Uh, Add it in at some point. I would say take off the thirst and put that one in there. That's just me. Though. The thirst. Uh, Lost Boys 3. <laughs> <laughs> Are you telling me you're going to deprive the sweet people of Feldman in a nightclub with vampires? Are you telling well, me that? I don't know. It was just one of the ones I saw that. Listen, I'm down to watch either one. Okay. Brody's first episode was Lost Boys episode with us. So. Two. Yeah, I wasn't here for that one. Yeah. Was not. Um I could swap out Dead Heat for Reanimator. Dead Heat. We'll just I'll, I'll look at it yeah. and we'll discuss. All right. Okay. So we all agree think, that the premise is is the tits, the, the, like the cat's fu- the cat's fucking graveyard. It, it is yes, awesome. Yeah. Uh well, the cat's dead. Uh details later. Uh, later. Re- <laughs> yeah. Uh re- <laughs> rewind for days. Uh, they already remade it and it's not that good. So yeah, let's rate it. (laughs) Yeah. That's why we just rewound it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, let's start with Brody. We always do anyways. We we always do anyways. Brody always gives us a score first. Uh, I really want to, I know. I'm pretty sure you fucking know what it's going to be anyway. Okay. Five from Brody. Okay. Chad. (laughs) I'll give it a four and a half. Todd, just a little shy of a perfect film. 4.8. Would I give it a 4.75? 5 plus 4. What did Chad give it? 4.5. I didn't fucking do that right. Oh my God, what am I doing? <laughs> What'd you come up with, like an eight? Yep. Backup calculator. It got an eight out of five. Perfect. Let's do it. <laughs> 4.8 Woo! out of five for Pet Cemetery 1989. Yeah, damn good. That's a high fucking Brody? I am. I am. Could have been a 4.9, but uh, someone decided to go a little bit less. <laughs> I also believe that uh, in The Thirst, we see uh, the reunion of the Frog Brothers. Yes. Oh, do we? That's yeah. true. We did get that towards this. And the end of yes. the, the last one. I believe right. we, we get to see the, one of the Frog Brothers in full vampire form. Again, nightclub, lots of blood, lots of cool shit. Hmm. I guess we're just going to have to skim through the list here then. But all right. So we are on that. That's it. That's it. So, What's next week, it. motherfucker? Oh, oh, you know. Next buddy. Week. What do you we're, think we're, it is? We're, like, we're leaving perfection look. and we're going to Mexico. Oh, we're going Quentin Tarantino. Woo! Bang, baby! Still done. What? No. By the way, how have, we, how have we made it this this long without doing From Dusk Till Dawn? 
That's right. We haven't. We, we haven't should. even talked about it, really. Wait, what was... Uh, did we have a vampire's choice for this year? No. What did we do? We did zombies, werewolf... Or what did we do, vampires? I don't think we did vampires. Oh, uh, yeah. What, what the hell is our choices? It was like decades and then... God, I can't remember how we did the list. Comedy. Decades, werewolf. Decades, com- com- yeah. Werewolf, I know, was a choice. And zombie movie, right? Yeah. And then TJ went all zombies. It was no, he went all Romero. It just happened all to be all zombies and uh, the crazies. Monsters. No, crazies was mine. Because that was yeah. 70s. Oh, yeah. He, he picked the remake. Yeah. I, I just, we just planned it so it would be Romero heavy this year. Yeah, that's right. So, no, oh, next shit. week is, uh, next week will be Tremors 2 then. What? Be, yeah, that's uh-huh. what I said. We're leaving perfection oh. and we're heading down to Mexico. Oh, I thought you were talking about Quentin Tarantino's from Dust Till Dawn. No. no. Hmm. We're gonna go we didn't even do Tremors one on this episode. Wait, did we do Tremors on this podcast? We did Tremors, no, we did Tremors on, on the other one. Kaijus on the pod swap. Oh, that's why I'm confused as fuck. I don't even remember doing Tremors. No, because remember, that was the whole thing is we didn't necessarily have a movie and Tremors was my pick, but you were like, yo, let's do it for this. And then that's I'll give right. you Tremors too. And I was like, I am not going to argue with that. That's fine. Oh. Yeah, because we didn't want to do it twice within like a couple months of each other. No. And I mean, Tremors 2 is fucking great anyways, but <laughs> I do have to say as as much as Harper loved watching Tremors, I don't think she would mind watching it again. Right. <laughs> like we oh, talked about on like we talked about on comics and kaijus. Tremors is a perfect introduction to uh, horror for kids. OK, now I got to ask you guys this. The movie afterwards is Alien 3. Ooh, David Fincher. Which version are we going to cover? The longest uh, one they have. So you want the director's the, cut, right? The extended cut. Okay. Why? That's the way David Fincher intended it to be. Right. This is first film too, isn't it? I think so. If I remember yeah. correctly. What, it, it extended is. cut, is it? Mm-hmm. Extended or a producer's cut, I think they also call it. Okay, well, it says it's all on... Uh, Prime and Cinemax and all that good shebang. I've got the Blu-ray set. I'm I'm good. I have to go shopping. All right. Hell yeah! I don't think I've ever actually seen the director's cut of that one. I've only seen the theatrical. It's a much better cut of the movie. Oh, I've, I've heard. It's so, it, it's Fincher. Is so that there's after? There's really oh, cool long shots of people doing a lot of th- stuff. <laughs> is, uh, is that the week after Tremors Two? Yes. Fuck yeah, dude. Tremors Bro, 2, have, Alien 3, Land of the Dead. We got some good ones coming We've been on a roll since like fucking February, man. <laughs> I told you, this is shaping up to be a fantastic year. Oh my God. Uh, and Land then, of the Dead is about the Bush administration with zombies. <laughs> if you didn't know that. I mean, that definitely is during the era, me. yeah. Think of the paranoia. For the, from the, think, think about where Fiddler's Green is and how it's everything and how that, that hierarchy is set up. And think of how that that society is being run at that time. Fair. We get into that on that podcast, though. Dude, hell yeah, man! This list is definitely shaping up. Not that June. It, I'm not June. I'm not so sure about because somebody picked the void. John. Hey. <laughs> hey. I can easily change my later 2000s. No, no, no. Because I want to see what everybody else thinks about it. 
<laughs> What's that? That's a strange movie. It's like I said, dude. I've seen it once. Is that from the people who did Psycho Gorman? Um, that I could not tell you. That's actually going to be at my drive-in this Wednesday. They're doing Psycho Gorman, and they're doing um, oh, what the hell is the new Nicolas Cage movie? There, the Five Jeremy Gillespie. One. Jeremy Gillespie. He also did Father's Day. Uh, Wait, Father's Day, the skit and creep show? No, movie. Manborg. Manborg. The Shape of Water art department. The Void art department. Oh. Wait, yeah, The Void a, was Void was a crowdfunded movie. Director and, uh, Steven Kostansky. Yep, Psycho Gorman. Yep. Kostansky. Psycho Gorman. I still need to watch that one, too, dude. Brody, you watched it, right? I've heard good things. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't too bad. Well, it was pretty. Eh. Is, is it on Shutter yet, or is it coming soon? It was on Shutter, wasn't it? No, maybe. No, it was. It is. Is it okay? Fair enough. I have to look. I don't know. All right. When's Joe Bob? Couldn't tell you on that one, bud. Let's say, didn't he just do what was last week's? Fuck. He just did one that we covered, didn't? Wasn't it? I talked about it. he did Mother's Day not too long ago. Fuck. I can't even think what he did last episode. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I'll see you guys next fucking week. This is your host with the motherfucking most, DJ Bowser. Sign it off. This is your dark lord of knowledge, a.k.a. Chad Daddy saying, see you next week, bitches. This is your fluff master supreme, Big Johnny D saying, see you later, Gorehounds. And this is your double ganger, kanga banger, all the way from Father Fucking Dan Anderson. Sayonara, bitches. <laughs> <laughs>